This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our new website. They made the process of creating and continually editing a website super easy. And the end result? Well, I'll let you check it out for yourself at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. In these COVID-19 times when going online has been a must for some businesses, Gavin, the guys know how to get you there. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. Now, some podcasts might give you a little discount code, but I'm not quite there yet, so keep listening, and maybe I will be one day. But anyway, you should check them out at www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. That's www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. Now, to bigger chats, let's go. What is up, everyone? We are back after a, a long break for the Big Head Chats podcast. And this week, I... Scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I've welcomed in my brother, the fellow big head. So it is really a big head chat today. Really big head. Uh, Ned Nash, welcome to the podcast, mate. Losing your podcasting virginity today. Very true. Very true. It is. It is a very big head chat today. Oh, so no. Good to be here and keen to talk some bubble and NBA. It's uh well so so. You're at home now, uh, starting yep. up from home in lockdown in Ballarat, and then big Gav's there as well. So it's just a big head day today. We're chatting on the podcast. Gav's in his room doing his work, working from home. Just big heads everywhere, which we love. Big head, en- big head energy. Big head energy is big, all for him. Can so. we? Can that be a new trend that we can get going? Big head energy. Big head energy. Yeah, can, absolutely. Can good boy, good footy energies, whatever the fuck his page is. Can we get that going for us? <laughs> Yeah, he'll get it going. He's all about the energy. He might love it, actually. So <laughs> uh, Now, we're as we're recording this, uh, Tuesday, the 18th of August, it's about 10 past 11. Um, playoffs have begun. Uh, a few games this morning. The, uh, the Celtics and the Sixers just finished, um, which was a lot closer than I thought, actually. Uh, what have you made of the first few games to start, Ned? So, Jazz... Lost to the Nuggets by 10 in OT. Um, Toronto took care of Brooklyn by 24. And then uh, Celtics by 8 over Philly. What have you made of the, the first round so far? Uh, well, I like, the, I like the format that I wake up in the morning and the game's already finished. There's already heaps of stuff to look at. So I woke up this morning and Donovan Mitchell had scored, he scored the third, mo- third most points in a playoff game in NBA history behind Michael Jordan and Elgin Baylor. So that's Seriously good. And just quietly, nine rebounds and seven assists to go with it. So, bugger. Yeah, yeah, almost had a triple-double. So, very, very good game from Donovan, although they didn't get a win, but neither did Jordan in his in his 61-point game over the over the Celtics. So, we'll, uh, we'll live with that. But um, uh, Jamal Murray showed out, much to mine and Ollie's disgust. He had a good game. Um, <laughs> and then we, we, have, Freddie... we, we have not bought Jamal Murray stock. No. Nah, That's one thing never, we haven't bought. I'll never, never invest in that stock. No, I don't reckon I will either. No, he wouldn't MVP, and I still wouldn't rate him. Um, and then, no, and then little Freddie Van Vliet back to finals form had a thirty and eleven against the Mets and buried him. So, yeah, good start. And then obviously, I think just then Jalen Brown had fifteen points in the fourth quarter to bury the Sixers. So, a couple of very good individual performances to start the playoffs. 
Um, maybe did Fred Van Vliet's wife have a baby we don't know about? Is that why the... Must be, the must form... be another one. That, that's, what, that's what got him going again. Yep. <laughs> that's what the forms... Uh, that's how the forms taken off. Now, you have told Not me really. pre-podcast you've got a stat you want to throw at me. It's groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, an unbelievable stat. The NBA just forwarded it to me on my app. So, um, here we go. So, Joel Embiid has just passed Samuel D'Alembert for 22nd for offensive rebounds in all-time playoffs Philadelphia 76ers games with 48. (laughs) I don't don't even know how to say that. There's so much (laughs) going on. I I, I didn't even know how to say that then. Why on earth would they send that? I don't care. I I don't know anyone who does. (laughs) Do do you think that Embiid gets off the floor and they like, Oh, bugger, we lost. But hey, congrats to Joel. He did He did whatever you just said. <laughs> Brett Brown in the locker room. Boys, Joel and Bede, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Really in offensive board. 48. So, yeah. Who gives uh, a fuck? Stat, NBA. Oh. Stat, don't bring it in here again. Thank you. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, now, Dallas and the Clippers are about to start. Um Give me a little tip. A uh, little. What's your tip for that game and the series in that? Uh, well, Lucas Lucas' first playoff game. I think it might be. Is it Kristaps' first playoff game too? He was. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it is. yeah both making yeah. their playoff debuts together. Yeah, so we like that. Um, I don't know. It might be it might be a bit much for him in this first game. Um, but I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him. They're going to win at least one, I think. But it yeah. won't be. It won't be game one. It won't be game one. Kawhi's going to take care of business with PG and everyone. So. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll be, I mean, I think Dallas could pinch two. I could definitely see it going six, but um, yep. yeah. Won't be game one of that. Just think. depends which Chris Tapps rocks up, I think. Luca's going to do his thing, but if Chris Tapps yep. isn't there, yep. then they're kind of fucked. Um, yeah, very true. Now this, So today we're going to focus more on some of the main storylines out of the bubble, uh, and then we'll chat a little bit about the the first round of the playoffs because, um, you know, the real stuff's starting. Um, off yep. the top, Jim Boylan former head coach of the Chicago Bulls, was fired. Uh, and yep. Vladi Divac steps down from his role uh, with the Kings. First of all, first off, Jim Boylan, uh, thoughts on that? Uh, well, having done a bit of research, uh, I haven't, I'm yet to find a Bulls fan that enjoyed having him in the organisation. <laughs> so, so, I think, I think it's a good call. I, I actually haven't you, seen a positive thing about Jim Boylan ever. Never, ever, ever. No. It's, um, it's kind of sad. It is sad. But apparently, he, he, um, someone was saying to me that he actually isn't a bad coach. He just didn't use, he just didn't use the, his, what he had at the Bulls very well at all. It, yeah, it just seemed like, I mean, they have an array of young talent. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., Zach Levine, Laurie Markinen, um, yeah, very true. Kobe, Kobe White. White, and he obviously didn't see eye to eye with Zach Levine, which is a problem because Zach Levine yeah. is a stud. Um, Laurie Markkinen hasn't developed as expected, and he's been openly critis- criticizing the Bulls front office and and blaming them for me for his lack of development. Um, and well, a, the, w- a uh, lot of what? Yeah, sorry, you go. No, you go. Well, a lot of what? A lot of what? Uh, people are saying about Jim Bullen is that if you look at some advanced stats on Laurie Markin, like he's all his touches and possessions and shots per, 
like you know, touches their possession, they're all way down from last season. Way down. When they when they had um, Ho- is it Fred Hoiberg? He yeah, was Fred Hoiberg. Who who was just as terrible, but must be less just terrible. As bad. Yeah, but at least was getting the ball in the right bloke's hands. Like obviously Levine did his thing this season. It was almost an all star, but mm-hmm. there's um there's a lot to be said. But like Laurie, Laurie Mark is very very capable of being an all star as well. But well, when he came know, into the league, uh, he, he was the second coming of Christoph Porzingis. The next sort of you know following that that yeah. mold of you know a seven footer yeah. that can stretch the floor, can shoot it, and can and de- can defend Lock, and uh, and off. take it off yeah. the dribble. So, um, yeah. it yeah. Boggles the mind why you would give him less touches when him and Levine are your Luca and Kristaps, a poor yeah, man's exactly. version, but they're the they're that poor kind man, of yeah. they're that kind of pairing. Um, yeah. So I think it was only a matter of time uh, before yeah. old Jimmy Boy was gone, and then Vladi Divac so um, steps down as vice president of basketball and. GM uh, Joe Dumas is going to take over both those roles in the interim role. Um, so Vladdy, he had said a couple of years ago that if the Kings weren't back into playoff contention or into the playoffs by basically right now, he was going to step down. Um, and he's you know held his word. So Big yeah. Vladdy is yep. out the door. Out the door. Um, yeah. Well, I think. It's probably it's probably about time that Sacramento um, made the playoffs. They've got a lot of a lot of young. They've had a lot of young talent, and it's never really come together, has it? So no. And he, yeah, it, he, might be, it, might, it might be one of those ones. It's a, it's a good move. Like it seems like it might be like you know why would you, why would you get why would you get down? But it might seem like a good move if they they well obviously like they were in the bubble, so they were there about this year. But um, yeah, it's um yeah. So 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 Sacramento. As a franchise, them and Minnesota are probably the most irrelevant franchises in the league. Yeah, and I, and I think so. Sacramento, for example, I saw a stat the other day: have ten total playoff appearances. LeBron has nine finals appearances by himself. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty alarming. And here's another one that uh, Will Reed, Blindscout Network shout out, uh, threw at me yesterday. <laughs> um, stats man, <laughs> stats man, analytics guy. Uh, so. The Kings' second winningest coach, best percentage record, second best percentage record is Luke Walton right now. Oh, goodness gracious me. That is just deplorable. So um, changes need to be made for sure. They've got they've got enough young talent there that um, they can improve, just need to get the right people developing these players. And, um, yeah. yeah. I think it's good, that, I think it's good that, that Vladdy stepped down himself and didn't try and didn't try and stack Luke Walton because it's clear that what Luke Walton's doing like yeah. they've they've improved this season they're in the bubble and as you said like he's the second most winningest coach that they've had behind probably the was it the guy who was coaching them when they were playing against Kobe back in the yeah, early back 2000s in, back in the early 2000s yeah so, yeah, um, yeah yeah so that made, that's not bad company to be second to, to that team so yeah and, um, just and been improving now I mean I was going to discuss this later but we may as well discuss it now so the Kings going into the bubble Looking at the record that they had, how far back they were, I was on the Sacramento train that they could get into the into the playoff and and yeah. play off against you know Portland or Memphis or you know whatever well, however it would have ended up. Yeah. I was on yeah. the Sacramento train and they let me down badly. They were terrible. Yeah, underperformed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, a three and a three and five record. 
Um, yeah. Can't There's... be doing that. If, if, if you're fighting against the other teams in the West and one of them goes eight, no, the other one goes six and two. Correct. You can't really, you can't really be competing in that, can you? So I think the only thing that hid their poor bubble form was how bad the Pelicans were. So Sacramento yeah. got a bit of a pass because New Orleans were yeah. embarrassing. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of the bubble as a whole, um, what have been your thoughts on it? I've been really impressed by how the NBA has done it, how they've um, dealt with COVID, all the testing, you know, all the restrictions, everything. You know, they've suspended players um, who have broke the restrictions. Um, what is, yeah. what's, your, what's been your thoughts on it? Uh, well, yeah, much the same. Um, a lot, you feel like a lot, of, a lot of the same things are happening in the AFL at the moment, like heaps of testing, like they're making sure that um, everyone's keeping their distance. And I guess the bubble's a bit more extreme because America's obviously, their case is a bit more extreme than ours. But yeah, to get everyone in there and all the required staff and um, film crew and media coverage in there that, that you need to, to play NBA playoffs, which obviously usually would have way more you know what I mean? Like they're massive. In the yeah. States. They're massive all around the world. And they try and have all that. I just reckon it's, yeah. Um, Adam Silver. He's a very, very good boss. I yeah. Think, so. Massive props because um, I guess going into it, everyone had doubts, you know, will we miss fans? Will the spectacle spectacle be as good? Um, you know, a player's going to abide by the restrictions, you know. Um, yep. But I think I definitely miss the fans. The, fa- the fans just create... Just the noise that they make and sort of, you know, in these high tense moments, the the tension yep. that you can feel in the crowd and the murmurs and stuff, that's what I miss. And, and the celebration, you know, because there's been some big posters and some, you know, long threes, all, all that stuff, Cole, all the highlight Cole, stuff. Kyle Kuzma and Devin Booker both hit game winners. Game winners, like, you know, you can um, just imagine the crowd going off in such a in those games, and you don't get that. You get yeah. you get the you get the the bench celebrating, which is fine. Yeah, and you get to hear yeah. more from the players, which is good, and I like that. But the fans is the one thing I've missed. But they've been able to, I don't know, make it past that and and create a really good spectacle on television. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like what they've done with the virtual fans. Like, I even do, though yeah. like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like much, and they're a bit delayed and everything. But it's like at least there's like there's something there. Yeah, yep. Even for the players, like to look up and there's people watching them. Um, I mean, even though it's only like it, it'd only be like what twenty people per team or whatever on the yeah. screen, but it's still, it's still a. Yeah, it's still good. I think I think it's half the fun when someone just glitches and then they're frozen there for like yeah. five seconds. Yeah, stuff there. Because yeah, <laughs> they're, they're trying to stream in from like Slovenia. So, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, they're doing, they're doing a good job. They're doing a good job when you got yeah stuff like that happens. So. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, the AFL has done a very, done a similar job um, and they've done, a, done it really well. And then, you know, you hear, you know, the complaints from leagues like the NFL or college football where things aren't being uh, done as well and things aren't being looked after as well with COVID and, and creating about or you know, doing whatever they need to do to get the season up and going. And you can see yeah. the angst that's created in that sport. So the NBA, while they were lucky that they only had the end of their season to go in the playoffs, so it's easier to just throw everyone in a bubble for a couple months. You can't... Yeah, it's hard to do that for a full every, season, yeah. um, yeah, but the NFL has done it. So the NFL needs to needs to definitely pull the finger out and, and start to do something. Yeah, well, the AFL only had one one game, and then we and then would then it would stop for a while. So it, yeah. we've had a whole season bar one bar one round. So. Yeah, correct. 
I mean, if yeah. you, you can. I mean, it's a, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit easier in Australia because we've got obviously our cases are minuscule compared to the states. Yeah. Um, but but still, like it's um, you got to be doing everything you can, putting in as many measures as you can to try and get it going, just for the for, for the people and for the game and sports in general. So yeah, correct. Uh, we'll move on to Dame and the Blazers. They were probably the talking point, um, of the bubble. Um, yeah. Just a quick stat for you off the top. Best offense in the bubble, which you could kind of assume Dame was yeah. seriously unbelievable. Third worst defense, which is where I think it leads into the playoffs against the Lakers, where I think it's going to let them down because for everything that Dame and CJ can do against the the guards of LA, missing Bradley, missing Rondo, no one's guarding LeBron. No one. No, exactly right. No one is. Um, is that Nico and Daly in the background there? Uh, shout out, are, shout out to that. the puppy dogs. Shout out the puppy dogs. Shout out, to, shout out to the puppy dogs, and then don't shout out the puppy dogs. <laughs> they can just shut up. Seriously. Um, um, nah, we we grip. We move on. That's all good. Yeah, all good. and so um, so Dame in the bubble uh, had a quiet start, and I say that sarcastically because he went twenty, had twenty nine and thirty in the first two games. Yeah. quiet. Then had twenty one, forty five, twenty two, fifty one, sixty one, forty two, shooting forty nine. 0.7% from the field, 43.6% yep. from the three, and 88.8% from the free throw line. So almost went 50, 40, 90. Um, yep. And after that, I just had the word fuck. Like, man, yeah. Jesus. Insane, insane. I think um, the, the the games that seen there to me are those last three. So 51, um, and then he had the 61-point game against the, the Mavericks. That was a, a massive game for them. They had to win. Yep. Um which obviously went to overtime and everything. Then the forty-two point game where he was getting he was getting double teamed behind half court um, against Brooklyn. The so. the photos of that, like like Insane. we have wouldn't we show our kids that they're going to be like why and you just have to say just watch yeah. any hollow Dame Lillard he shoots it from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he walked up and he was one step over half against Brooklyn and then just pulled it <laughs> and he splashed it and like he shot it and the commentators were yelling like he'd already hit it because they just knew it was going in. And the, like, the ease of his stroke when he shoots it from that far away, like it looks like a normal shot. Mm, so, because well, he said after the game, he said they were, they were like, "Why'd you shoot that?" And he goes, "Well, I wasn't getting any other look, so I'm like, if I walk, I'm walking into one and they're giving it to me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it." I, I mean, thought that was crazy. Imagine having, the, imagine having the confidence thought. and freedom to do that. So, I, I'm trying to like explain to people during the week how crazy that shot is because. I've been on the Staples Centre court before. Um, yeah. And... It's a long way. It, like, the three-point line is so far away from the basket. Let, so, alone, let alone five dribbles away from the three-point line, you're one step over halfway. Like, yeah. So, like, Austra- Australian thing. courts are obviously different because the three-point line is... Yeah. Like, you, you can shoot it normally. It's nowhere near as far. The three-point yeah. line at Staples Centre, I was heaving that ball and just making the rim. <laughs> And then I was hey, um, just imagining da- shooting it from where Dame shot it from. I would have been doing like an underarm man, heave to get I it. Wouldn't have even made it to the, I wouldn't even made it to the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just ridiculous. And very, I can't very believe insane, so. what I'm watching uh, when Dame yeah. um, is doing those things. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm similar with the Blazers. So I've just got stats up here. So as you said, they're the best, best offense, but they're the third worst defense. Um, they average 126 points a game in the bubble. Mm. So I'm not like oh, because I, I remember 
before the playing game, I was all on Memphis because just purely because of how Portland don't defend. Yeah, so I, like, I can remember yeah. you were throwing some all everything at me, everything you could for Memphis. Yeah. You were throwing at me. I, I was on them. I was on them, and they did well. They did really well. But I think what it came down to is what I, what people were telling me is that you just you got to outscore the Blazers. Yeah. If you don't have, if you don't have, like you can defend them as well as you want, but even in that game, the Blazers still dropped 136, I think. Yeah. In that playing game. Yeah. 126. Yeah. Which was there, which is what they averaged for the. So and like and Memphis did well, scored 122, which I think was it was their highest for the bubble. But yeah, it's um tough task, and you got to try and score above 126 points and beat a team with. Two very insanely good offensive players at the one and two position. So. And, and that's why I think. So everyone's talking about oh, Portland are a genuine threat for the Lakers. You know the Lakers are worried. No, 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 they're not. No. So, so for this, this is my like worst case for the Lakers. Okay, they have to have LeBron guard Dame, which he can do. LeBron yeah. can guard anyone. And then yeah. everyone's like, okay, well, what do you do with the guard? Put him on Carmelo Anthony. Like, yeah. If he starts shooting all the shots from the mid range, who cares? He's going to miss yeah. a lot of them, and yeah. the ones he hits, they're mid range twos. Who cares? Yeah, no, exactly right. And then you, you you wear that. And then on the other end, they're shocking defensively. Who's guarding LeBron? Carmelo. Yeah. We'll have that matchup every day of the week, and then AD. Yeah. Yes, Nurkic is okay, but AD is going to get the better of him over seven games. Well, I reckon Nurkic is a bit of a flat track bully, so. In in the, in that that playing game, he had a good game. He was playing. It was him versus Jonas Valanciunas. So like one v one, he can probably match it with a, with a lot of centers in the league. Same as at Brooklyn, like Jared Allen. He's a young young center. Probably took him to task a bit. Like good on him. But then I'm, I'm looking at the Lakers team, and down low they've got Javale McGee and Anthony Davis starting. And then Dwight Howard like, off the bench. And then Dwight Howard like, you know, um, Jason Nurkic just is not doing what he was doing in the last two games against. That like three headed monster down low. They're just he's just not doing that. No, and you couple that couple that with the fact that he's coming. He's still like he's still coming back from injury. So all the good that he's yeah. done in the bubble, he's this is you know he's played what eight games after a four month layoff where he still hadn't played all during that season. So all before that, all yeah. before that, so, he was it. So you can't expect a guy to come in like him and be awesome off the bat. Putting up numbers, defending the best center in the league, blah blah blah. You can't. I think eventually yeah, it's going to catch up with him. Same with Zach Collins. So Zach Collins, you've seen, has probably tapered off a little bit in the bubble because, I mean, it's bound to happen. He had a serious injury yeah. for a long for yeah. all the whole season, and then had then had a four month layoff as well with no basketball yeah. activity. And then you're throwing into an NBA game straight away and the playoffs against the number one seed. So that shit catches up yeah, with exactly pretty quick. Right. Yeah, there are. There'll be. I think I think in in mine I've tipped them for I've tipped the Lakers to sweep the Blazers, but I wouldn't be surprised if um if Dame goes off and gets and gets them one or two. But yeah, the Lakers, I mean, wouldn't the, Lakers, the Lakers will take care of business. Yeah, wouldn't surprise. And the thing is, with what I've learnt with sports this year is that shit's crazy. So like, yeah, I mean, I was looking at the AFL like you can't you can't predict this shit, and so nah, the nah. the Blazers winning two games like. I don't think it'll. Ha- I don't think it should happen, and I don't think it usually would, but it probably will, and it yeah. wouldn't surprise me when it yeah. does. Yeah, exactly. You can't be surprised at anything at the moment. Um, so. Now, this is 
This is where our big heads are going to get heated. Okay, this is where this is go. where I feel like we're going to really get Gav Nash bikey mode, blow the lid. Energies, <laughs> <laughs> energies. Um, <laughs> the whole Pat Bev, Paul George, and Dane Lillard drama. Uh. You you can go first. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. I'll exp- so I'll explain for those who don't know. I'll explain what happens. So late in the game, in the bubble, um, must win for the. For the Blazers um, to make it easy for them to get into the playoffs. Um, down one, Dame misses two free throws with 18 seconds left and um, then misses a game tying three. Uh, so the Clippers get the win. And while he misses the two free throws, Pat Beverly, who isn't playing, is sitting on the bench doing the Dame time uh, call. Um, and then after the game, starts waving at the Blazers, sending them home. And then after the game, Dame Lillard says, you know, that's a sign of respect. They expect big things from me. I've sent Pat Bev home before. I sent Paul George home last year. You know, it's good. That's what they expect from me. And then yeah. he's responded by uh, Pat Bev saying, Cancun on three. Do you know what that means? So that's... um. So uh, I, I Googled it up. I looked it up. So Nick Van Exel. So I think it was like 2003. So it was as the Lakers were tapering off after they won their three-peat. Yep. And there was a series against the Spurs. I think that's when they got knocked out. And and something happened like um, it was a timeout. And like I think like everyone kind of like they were out of the game, but like they could still come back. And Cancun's like a holiday destination. So, so Nick Van Exel trying to make light of you know them sucking says Cam Coon on three like at the timeout and everyone like looks at him as like I didn't like you're throwing the towel in uh-huh. and then so like there was, there was there was this backlash and like okay. I think what Pat Bev, what Pat, Pat, Pat Bev was saying is that we're going to send like, you home. Know, he, he, oh yeah, he doesn't actually want to be in the playoffs. He's throw he's throwing it for him like yeah 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 okay so, that makes I, sense I think, now. I think that's right. Don't quote me on it, but I think I, I had I googled it and I kind of put two and two together. Yeah, so. makes sense. Um, yeah, and then Paul George also uh, tweeted and said, or was on Instagram and said, "And you're getting sent home this year, respect." And Dame Lillard has replied and said, "Keep switching teams, running from the grind, you boys is chumps." And then oh, that is great. Paul George has replied and said, "Respect that too." In my stint with my first team, I had more success. Dame time running out, Jay. First of all, English, please, Paul. Like, can you can your spelling and grammar be better? Um, yeah. Anyway, so that that is the drama. Um, <laughs> what did what did you uh, what did you make of that, Ned? Uh, well, Pat Beverly and Paul George in particular have clearly got short memory because Damian Lewis smacked in a half court three over Paul George last year and sent him home. Mm-hmm. So shut your mouth, <laughs> you half wit. And then. Pat Beverly was playing playing for Houston when Dame hit that one, hit that three over Chandler Parsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was on the court so too at the time. He was on. You were, were on the floor and you weren't guarding him. So you are a fairy. So shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, I just, I just, oh, yeah. Because so Pat Beverly has been has been like he's like a starting point guard because he's just defense. He, he he just plays for teams that have primary ball handlers elsewhere. So he played for he played for Houston. So him and oh, he would be the defender and Harden would be the ball handler. So it's like, you're literally just there to play defense. And now that you're on a good team with two Hall of Famers, you think you're unreal. Mm-hmm. 
like, like, like all good you can defend, but don't go chatting shit about Dame Lillard when he's proven because he hit a shot. Like, he's done it oh, twice. I can't even comprehend <laughs> how idiotic that is. The, so I the, hate you. The, there is like six uh, buzzer beater shots to win a playoff series in NBA history, and Dame has two of them against these oh. two guys. So against these two guys. So, like, shut up. So, my thing with Pat Beverly is, it's expected. I I expect this shit from Pat because you know he's not he's, he's not he's, he's not very rapper. good. So then he makes up for it by being the antagonizer, which is fine because because like, like, like I do like that kind of stuff, and I like the fact that yeah. he because he is valuable to teams, and that's why he keeps being put on good teams because he is valuable. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. Doing the Dame the, the, sign and waving uh, them home. I mean, really, like, he, come on. Th- this is a game that doesn't matter for you guys. The Trailblazers are going to make it anyway. And then Paul yeah. George, I mean, what's his playoff record? What's his playoff resume? A bunch of losses. Well, it's a bunch of losses, but I think a lot of what they were saying as well is what Skip Bayless came out and said about how Dame's got the worst winning percentage and stuff in the playoffs and plus minus and everything, but. I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that he hasn't done what Paul George has done and chased wins at teams like OKC and now at the Clippers. He's just yeah. he's sticking fat with the team that drafted him, which is very credible in itself in today's NBA. So I just think that I just think they've got no ground to talk. Got no ground. About so it. the only the only time so Paul George has made two conference finals with Indiana, um, yeah. and Dame's made one with Portland. For yeah. for a lot of his Indiana career, Paul George wasn't even their best player. Against those Miami mm. teams, Danny Granger was the best player, and Paul George was the third, fourth guy. R- R- David R- West Roy as well. Was making, Roy Hibbert was making all defensive teams. Like. Yep. And then, um, and compared to Dame, who's playing in the stacked West with, and he apart from when he had Lamarcus Aldridge, he hasn't had a very good team for most of his. We well, didn't have them uh, like no, well, like last seat. Like, so when they won, when they won that series against the Rockets, when he hit that shot, that's when he had Aldridge. But apart from he that, he didn't have. He didn't have anyone last no. season. He had, he had like similar teams. He's had CJ. They've, they've had um, once they finally got Nur- before they had Nurkic. They didn't really because in between losing Aldridge and getting Nurkic, they didn't have a big. They have never had a like a oh, you know, like really good wing at, like uh, a Paul George. So yeah, exactly. Um, if you look at this team, this conference finals team. So hang on, I'm just having a look. I've just got the stats up here. So, look, look, the team that played in the conference finals for him. So, this is their starting lineup. So, it's Dame CJ, Alpha Rukaminu, Mo Harkless, and it's Cantor. Off the bench, Rodney Hood, Seth Curry, Zach Collins, Evan Turner. Decent bench, so actually. Like, That's probably what got them over the line, I think. That was, it was all right, but it's all right, but it's like you couple that up with the Warriors down are playing against uh, Curry, Thompson, Iguodala, Green, Bogut, and then they had. Looney, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, Jordan Bell, Jonas Jurebko was playing big minutes, and then obviously KD was injured in that series. Yeah, but like, there's no comparison. That's a that's a that's a, that's a whole lot more impressive for Dame yep. than than the team that Paul George had at Indiana. So yeah, and and for the for the listeners, go and listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he's uh, I think it was Rosillo, um, or House, one of the two. They discuss. They discussed Paul George's resume in the playoffs and his stats and his closing ability. 
and it's bad. Like, it's bad. Yeah. So, yeah. he's got no ground to stand on whatsoever. If he can do something this year, it will definitely help. But was that, the, was that the first round last year that Dame sent him home? Yeah, first round. Oh, that's embarrassing. He hasn't made it past the first round since 2014, Paul George. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, so. That's good. You just <laughs> Pat, Pat Babe, you can go do your, your sand sprints and your Timberlands as much as you want, okay? Which by oh, the way, it was four one. It was four one. Yeah, well. it wasn't even a series. Portland embarrassed them. That Oklahoma City were terrible. And Dame had, and Dame had fifty in a closeout game. Like, shut up, seriously. Yeah, so, couple of that's couple of guys true. just need to check themselves and just uh, yeah. realize who they're talking to. Um, hey, girl, seriously. <laughs> now. The other big talking point of the bubble was Devin Booker and the Suns. Yeah. Uh, so, this, okay, these are just some crazy stats from the Suns. They had a ridiculous eight games. So, as a team, they shot 49.4% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. So, they almost went 50-40-90 as a team, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> Their plus-minus okay. was plus 13.1. The They averaged the third most assists with 27 and a half. Uh, the nah. Th- Oh, yeah, yeah. Third. yeah you're right. third least yeah. turnovers behind Portland and Dallas. And then they yeah. were the second, had the second best offensive rating, fourth best defensive rating, and the best net rating uh, by 4.6. So yeah. that is just some ridiculous stats for a team that they're, was nowhere near playoff contention and it almost made it. There's like team plus minus. Are we talking. Okay, no, we're not. We're talking like a bind. So, like, they're, they're, the next best, so they were 13.1. The next best was Boston with 7.4. So, they were yep. miles ahead. Miles ahead. And then, like... Their like net rating was almost really. five better than the next best. Yeah, it's insane. So, um, <laughs> did you give them any hope of winning, like, three games in the bubble? I gave them no chance. I thought they might win two. No, well, if you look at who they block, if they look at who they, like, they shouldn't have won. Exactly, they man. Shouldn't have been, they shouldn't have been anywhere near it. They beat some really good teams. Yeah. Who, hang on. When did it start? Oh, so like Washington. So that's a that's a guaranteed win because they shouldn't have been there. I, I I actually forgot that Washington were there. I'm not oh, actually mate. taking at the one, at, I forgot at, they were there. At one stage, at one stage in the bubble, they were worse than Charlotte, who weren't even there. <laughs> um. So they, and then they beat they beat Dallas twice, which yep. is a good effort considering mm-hmm. Dallas was still fighting for playoff spot. Mm-hmm. They beat the Clippers on the game winner. That was a very good win. Shouldn't have won that. Shouldn't have won the ones against Dallas. Dallas are better than them. Beat Indiana, probably a pretty good win again. Yep. Um, they beat Miami, good win, still fighting for playoff spots. Mm-hmm. Um, beat OKC, still fighting for playoff spots. OKC took the Lakers to school, mm-hmm. beat Philly, who are still fighting. Like every team that they were, that they beat, was fighting tooth and nail for playoff spots. Yeah, like and um, did they beat beat the uh, who they did they beat the Bucks? I was just to say, the, so they, nah, it wasn't was like they played a team like the Bucks or the Lakers who just didn't care about the bubble, or no, exactly. you know, they, vice versa. Yeah. Then, um, they played Washington once, but you know they weren't playing. They didn't play the Kings or well, the, the Pelicans. Well, the, they played against the four, five, and six seeds in the East, which when you, when you look at it, you go, oh, they didn't play one and two, but one and two seeds were already locked up. So they were playing against the teams who needed to win to have a better matchup in round one. Yeah. And then in the West, they played against, what, the Clippers, who were second, but who, in that game, actually, Paul George and Kawhi played four minutes. Yep. yep. Um, and then beat, what, who, OKC once, and Dallas twice, who were fighting to get to the sixth seed over Utah. Yeah. 
So like the very it, good bubble, insanely it, good. It's the only time you'll ever say, say that the four beating teams in the four, five, six range is more valuable than beating the one yeah, and two, or more exactly impressive. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I like what um, I like what Monty Williams said to him um, after the game. Is he said like he was he was pretty real with him. He said like, "Well done," and because this is like I think because of it there. Whether they got in or not was still reliant on the Blazers Nuggets uh, the Blazers Nets game. Yeah. Um and he says once the game he said like, Oh good, you've had a really good bubble but can't just it doesn't end now, you know what I mean? Like so yeah. it, it'll be good to see at the start of next season whether they can obviously they're not gonna continue that kind of form, that was insane, but whether whether they can become a become like a good playoff team in yeah. the next couple of years. Well, it'll be good to Because I think we forget to start the season, Phoenix will they were really good, playing really good basketball. Um, they were, yeah. You know, one of the top seeds in the West. And then injuries form. You know, they lost um, DeAndre Ayton for 25 games to a drug suspension. Lost Aaron Baines yeah. for a period. Ricky Rubio was up and down with injury. Um, you know, they yeah. lost Kelly Oubre a couple of times. So that all sort of – all those factors came into them, um, you know, falling down as you probably expected from the Suns. But it will be – hopefully – you know, if they get that similar start, um, they'll have another decent draft pick. Um, hopefully, a few moves to you know help De- Devin Booker and you know put some guys yep. around him. Um, and you know, if they can fingers crossed, stay injury free, you you they should definitely be aiming for a seven eight seed in the West. Absolutely, yeah, a um, tough West too. But if you if, if you go and eight now in the bubble against teams who are fighting for playoff spots, then there's no reason why you can't do it in the regular season. Yep, I think that. Yep. That four, I'll say, I feel like it's, you know, Lakers, Clippers as the two. Denver's by itself at the three, I think, in the, especially in the regular season. But then four down, it's free reign. I mean, you go yeah. against yeah. Utah's, Oklahoma City's, Dallas, Memphis. I don't think Memphis will make the playoffs next year. So that's one spot I think they can take. And then yeah. with those other teams, it's you never you just never know how form is going to be. Injuries, um, yeah, you know, just because Utah makes it the last couple of years doesn't mean that next year, you know, Donovan Mitchell has a bad year, Joe Ingles is injured, you know, Rudy, whatever. The relationship with Rudy and Donovan's not very good, so yeah, there's definite chance there for Phoenix, and I think that's definitely what they should be aiming for. They can't accept mediocre anymore. Yeah, it's just it's um, it's the West is too good to just try and cruise through. I think that, I think you saw that with Portland this year. Obviously, they had a lot of injuries, and it didn't help that you know two of their big guys went down and um, and whatever. But I think potentially a lot of what Portland thought they were like, oh, we'll, we'll be there again, mm-hmm. Cause just because they were conference finals last year, and then and then they weren't, and, yeah. they, and they were like scramble. Obviously, they had to scramble right at the end to get in. Um, I just think Phoenix can't think like that. They got to just go into it and know that like they're good enough to beat a lot of teams. So they just did mm-hmm. beat a lot of good teams in the bubble. So. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely um, so. Now the the other impress the going to the east now the other impressive team was Toronto. Um, yeah, so very good, very very good bubble. Um, kicked it off superbly with a big win against the Lakers, and then just kept going from there. Um, yeah, obviously they won one game today, beat up on Brooklyn pretty nice. Um, it's just their system. And me, Will and I have talked about it in previous podcasts. Their system, both offensively and defensively, just seems to be so good. Everyone knows their role. I mean, you look at today's box score. Fred Van Vliet has 30. Cole Lowry, 16. 
OG Ananobi, 12. Pascal Siakam, 18. Marcus Hulls, 13. Sergio Barker, 22. Uh, and then on, off the some other guys off the bench, Norman Powell, 6. Terrence Davis, 11. One day Hollis Jefferson, 6. So there's just spread everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Ne- ne- game two, Van Vliet might have 20. Cole Larry has 25. And then that even, you know. Yeah. So there's just, there's no superstar reliance, but their system's so good they don't need it because they're getting, exactly. they get good looks, just pass the ball, move. <coughs> um, yeah. And everyone knows their role. So, like, someone like a Sergio Barker, he has been a starter for so long, you know, big shot blocker, can hit threes. He just knows his role now. So he's off the bench, yeah. play hard on both ends, do this, do that. And then he gets 22 points out of it. So everyone's, yeah. everyone's happy. So what have, what are your thoughts been on uh, on Toronto? They're, um, yeah, I think uh, that's a lot of, obviously it's easy to say, a lot of that's Nick Nurse, but he's been unreal for them. Like I think everyone looked at, like last season, they won with Kawhi and everyone thought that they were going to be middle of, the, middle of the pack this year. Obviously, I was like, one of those people. Yeah, same. You lose, you lose a superstar, like, that's what happens. You just like, like, you're like naturally meant to go down, aren't you? It's just meant like to happen. What people have done like they've, they've lost LeBron and then they've gone down, so that like, just makes sense. You you lose one of the best players in the league and then you just taper off. But they haven't like their I think their record's better now than what it was last year. Yeah, and uh, so they um, went so, seven and one in the bubble, just quietly. I didn't yeah, even realize that they yeah. went seven and one in the bubble. Yeah, that's crazy. And I did too. Um, yeah, and best defense in the bubble as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very good. Um, I give Brooklyn absolutely no chance of winning at all. Yeah, um, no, no, neither do I. Yeah. But it's just going to be it's going to be fun come the second round, third round. So um, Toronto are most like so. Say for your predictions, you've taken Toronto and, and Boston in their two series. They're yeah. in a Toronto Boston second round. Um, very good, get very good series, massive series. I'm taking Toronto again though. Yeah, like without even thinking yeah, about it, it's just Toronto yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I, I took Toronto. I think in my bo- in my bracket. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just excited to see because you know I compare Toronto to a a Richmond where the system overrides everything. Doesn't matter who you're missing. Um, everyone knows what they have to do when they come in and what their role is, and yeah, it just makes playing easier. Well, you, well like, you look at you look at Toronto, and their their two all stars, Siakam and Larry, had eighty eight and sixteen each. So what's that? They've combined for thirty four points. Mm-hmm. Van Vliet has thirty, and Barker has twenty two. So, so in, a, in a in a playoff game, they're the, they're two all stars of the third and fourth best scorers. Yeah, like name me another team where that happens. It probably doesn't. It, yeah, it just simply doesn't. It go. It completely goes against everything that the NBA has become. Where yeah, exactly. you have two yeah. super, two, three, super, four superstars if you go on state, and yeah. you just have a bunch of guys that can rebound and defend and pass the ball to yeah. their shooters, and that's it. Yeah, but yeah. Toronto have gone the other way where the, like, they had their superstars. Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam are superstars; they're all stars. Yeah, um, Kyle Lowry is yeah. an All NBA player, and Pas- so will Pascal Don't this year. But they're not so heavily relied on that they're doing everything or trying to do everything, which is, yeah, it's so refreshing, I think, in the NBA to see that. Yeah. I think another team that's similar to that is Boston. So you look at them today, um, so obviously, like, their all-star this year, Tatum had a big game, but then, like, Jalen Brown came up massive in the clutch, had 15 points in the fourth quarter. 
he could have been an all-star, but he wasn't. And then you look at, um, like, Kemba Walker pitches him with 19. Gordon Hayward has 12. Like, they're, they're a similar team as well where, you, you, like, so, like, let's say next game, Philly go, right, oh, well, we're going to put a lot of work into Tatum. Brown and Kemba and Gordon Hayward all go big. Yep. You know what I mean? They all, so, it's the same again. They're not heavily reliant on one scorer, which is, I think, a lot of what, um, it could potentially go wrong for teams like the Bucks or the Lakers or um, the Clippers. Is that if, let's say, Kawhi, Kawhi has a game where he's not shooting well, and so does LeBron and AD, and like, who, who do you go to next? You don't like Dion Waiters. You can go to him a bit. Yeah, but well, so or you go or, or you go to Montrezl Harrell, but like not that much. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you it, you've got four guys that can have twenty instead of having two guys that could have thirty five. But a bunch of guys that yeah. could have three, so that's where right. if we like if you look at the West, that's where I give the Clippers the upper hand against the Lakers because two superstars be two superstars, and then you've got a Lou Williams who can do his thing off the bench, a, a Landry yeah. Shamit that can shoot the piss out of it, and then a Montrez Harrell. The Lakers, you cannot be relying on Dion Waiters to win you a playoff game. No, or no. Cole Kuzma. I love no, Cole Kuzma. No, I've, I've bought some serious Cole Kuzma stock, but yeah. You can't rely Marquise, on someone like, like that. Like Marquise Morris, can't rely no. on him. Um, Dwight Howard will give you he'll give you good defense, but he, he get every game where he doesn't he doesn't touch on offense. He doesn't score. Yeah. So, and while we're on the yeah. Lakers, do you, when you watch Dion Waiters shoot, do you have any confidence that it's going in? Nah. Same with Jared Smith. Uh, like, I think it's the way he shoots it. It like he cocks it back and then he gets to his head uh, and to the right, uh, and it's almost as if he's trying to get away from the contest. But there's no contest there, so I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you doing?" And then it doesn't go in, and I'm yeah. like, "Well, what did you expect? That shot looked terrible." What did you, <laughs> what did you expect? Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Now, um, yeah. some teams that were good in the bubble that we probably didn't expect. So Brooklyn went five and three with a bunch of guys I've never heard of. So Timothy, that, that Timothy Luwaru Cabarro, oh my, I am so impressed. <laughs> Bought stock. He, oh mate, he had twenty six today in the and he shot nine of thirteen and six of nine from deep. Yep. In a, in his first, in like I'm not gonna say his first playoff game, but like the first playoff game where he people have actually known that he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like yeah, Harris had, Levert, fifteen and fifteen, seven re, sorry, fifteen points, fifteen assists, seven rebounds today. Um, yeah. Joe Harris had 19 points and six rebounds. Like, so Brooklyn going into the bubble, no Kyrie. We knew they weren't having Ky- K- uh, KD. No, no Kyrie, Temple, no KD. No, Jordan. Nah, nah, Garrett Temple's fine. Oh, sorry. Um, who was the Dinwiddie. other? Oh, Dinwiddie. Sorry, Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, winning, going five and three in the bubble in, you know, is so impressive for them. Yeah. And while they're, while they're playing Toronto and they're not going to win, it would definitely give them confidence going into the series that they can pull off an upset, no doubt. Um, but if anything, I reckon it creates issues for next season. Because yeah, because who do you get, like, how do you... So they're just going to go into next season and they're going to say to Carousel about, Radio, you've been our guy. We're going to cut all your usage down to the absolute, like, minimum that we can give you. Because KD yeah. and Kyrie are going to have everything, so he's going to—he's a guy that can average twenty-five points, seven rebounds, quite easily. 
on a and be the guy on a team and you get a day say to him, yeah, yeah, you don't shoot it unless KD and Kyrie, it's at the end of the possession and they just need to kick it to you because they, they can't get a shot off. That's the, that's where yeah. he's going to shoot it. And yep. then you've got a uh, couple in there, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, where does he fit? So I yeah, think it exactly creates. Right. I think it, so. While it's so good now, I think it creates issues for next year. Yeah, potentially. Um, potentially it does. Uh, and then yeah, that yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just talking. I'm just that. I'm so impressed by that. Luaru, Cabrero, and Tyler Johnson in the bubble. So Cabrero has 26 today in their um, that big game against Portland. I was. I watched the whole game and. Like, it, it, it's almost the opposite to Dion Waiters. When, when you see him shoot, you're like, that's going in. Mm-hmm. So, Cabrero has had 19 on 5 of 9 from deep. Tyler Johnson had 16 on 7 of 13 and 2 of 4 from deep. Yeah. Like, big minutes. Cabrero played 31 minutes. Tyler Johnson played 25. Two blokes, but like Tyler Johnson, he was, he's been bounced around on some pretty bad teams. And I'm not sure why. No, like, well, I, 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 yeah, I like Tyler knows? Johnson. And I think he yeah. like he was good for Miami, and I felt like he was good for Phoenix. And then he just wasn't on a team anymore. And then Brooklyn signed him, and they got some hate for it. And mm. my my opinion is he's he's good. I like I like Tyler Johnson. Yeah, well, and that Luari Cabrera, he was drafted by the Sixers, so like yeah, he was, I, I remember looking at him and going, "You are a scrub," and he was for ages. <laughs> and then it's it's like it's like a new. Same, similar to the whole Dan Butler situation, a new environment, a new new coach, new mm. team, and they're just flourishing. So can, can do so good, much. For, can do so much for the confidence. A new a new um, yeah. new setting for sure. New, new um, environment, absolutely. Speaking of a new environment, the Spurs aren't going to be in the playoffs for the first time in twenty two years. Yeah, that is a new but, environment. But the bubble went really well for them. They went five and three. So they so yeah. Brooklyn and, and the Spurs are probably the two teams, um, apart, like with the Suns. Um, and yeah, I'll probably there with the Suns that, that played above their talent Blazers. level. Um, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I gave the Spurs just no hope in the bubble, and then they almost made the playoffs. Like they were still there; it yeah. was still a possibility. Yeah. Right down to the last game. Um, it was almost as if not having Lamarcus Aldridge it forced Pop to go to a bit of a small ball lineup and play a bit more in the modern well, they, era. They did, didn't they? Have Demar Derozan at the four. And it worked. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is a yeah. walking mid-range bucket. Like yeah. he, he's, he'll, he's allergic to shooting threes, but he will make every <laughs> single mid-range that you give him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't even try and shoot threes, does he? Yeah, it's actually he, it's he, actually kind of ridiculous even... how the, the little amount of threes he shoots being a guard. He's an oversized guard. Yeah. I'll give him that. But, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get up. He, I think he averages under one a game. Like yeah, well, yeah. Um, unless, unless he unless he has to at the end of a possession, he's just not looking for it one bit. And yeah, like like you said, it's almost refreshing because that's all a lot of other teams do. It's just yeah, live, live or die by the three. So <laughs> he averages zero point five attempts a game, and makes make zero point one. There's no point in having that as a stat. I mean, that's not even a stat. Yeah, like he's made one a game once in his career, and that was 2017-18 in his last year in Toronto. Yeah, and that's not, that's not many. <laughs> mid-range assassin gets to the cup too. He was he had a, he had a good bubble too, DeRozan. Yeah, he did potentially, and and in a couple of games took a back seat, um, and they still won. Like so, he had he had twenty three against the Rockets in their second last game, 
Um, and then like, like Keldon Johnson off the bench has 24 and 11. Mm-hmm. Marco Bellinelli plays big minutes, has 13. Rudy Gay plays big minutes, has 13. Yep. Uh, Jakob Podal plays big minutes, has a double-double, 14 and 12. Lonnie Walker, 12. DeJounte Murray, 11 and 7 assists. Like, and then, and then, like the, the bloke who you you would expect to be their second option, Derek White, has seven points. Like, yeah, they're a, they're a similar team. They're a well-rounded team. That um, if you add Aldridge in there and a bit of a like, Pop will look at it in the off season and look at the best way to go about it. With you know, they're improving in the bubble and they're going to be a good side next year again. So yeah, they um. The West is I mean, very good at the moment. They, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs next year. They're going to have to make some decisions on what they do with DeRozan and Aldridge and, and Rudy Gay, guys getting like that. Getting a bit, aren't they? They're getting yeah, a bit old. Wrong side of 30, but you've got that yeah. young talent in Derek White, um, DeJounte Murray, so Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. So you've got enough there um, to sort of start with and build around. They love DeJounte Murray. They have sort of put him in the Tony Parker range in terms of yeah. investing in him as much as they did in Parker. So very good. He's a very good defensive player. At least you got, got six foot six yep, as well. Yeah, good, really good size at the guard position. So, and if he can develop a shot of some kind, he'll be valuable. But it, yeah, yeah, if he, very right, true. he's just got to get that. Um, yeah. On the other side of the coin, we're not. We're going to spend seriously one minute on these teams. So, the Pelicans went two and six. Magic went three and five. Memphis went two and six. Wizards went one and seven. I can't say this enough. I forgot they were there. I didn't yeah. actually like check any of their games because I forgot they were there. Who uh, who did they beat? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, who did they beat? Can you I'm just, I'm just, can you that up, keep talking. I'm looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Kings went three and five. So I just this is my next rant. So the fucking Pelicans, seriously. Oh, I was gonna say it as well. Like, fuck me. Um, he's had they, four months off. So oh, he doesn't just, need a minute restriction. I don't understand. He was fighting for a playoff spot. It was all there for you. It was all there for them. Uh, it was tailor made. They had the easiest schedule to get there, like the easiest by far. It was ridiculously easy, and it got to the point where they were a team that I thought going into the bubble I would want to watch the most. I love Lonzo. I love his partnership yeah. with Zion. I'm I'm back on the Ingram train. Um, Drew Holiday's a very Drew good Drew Holiday's a gun uh, I love watching J.J. Reddick shoot he, He's mine and Willis' favourite He just shoots it like No tomorrow And yeah. they just weren't even fun to watch So I just stopped watching them And I stopped taking notice of their games Because it was terrible to watch And yep. they just had given up So I'm, I was so off the Pelicans The Magic were terrible Memphis went terrible They lost Jaron Jackson Jr. Which didn't, didn't help The Wizards are irrelevant uh, And the Kings played badly too So yeah, um, yeah. That's the other side of, bad, of the coin for those teams. Yeah, and I found the Wizards game actually. So, they, Thomas Bryant went off for twenty six and nine against the Celtics, whose starting lineup was Tremont Waters, Javante Green, Semi Ojale, Romeo Langford, and Ennis Kanter. I've only heard of three of those players. The blokes who missed out who rested that game: Kemba, Tice, Tatum, Smart, Brown, Hayward. <laughs> so, <laughs> how much did Washington win by? Six. <laughs> Washington only Washington scored 96 points in a game where they played against third and fourth string Celtics. Um, and st- uh, and the, the funny part is I would still have expected Boston to win that. Yeah, yeah. With the lineup uh, they had. It's, 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 un- it's unfair on the Wizards. Well, because Bradley, Bradley Beal is the one who got them to a position where they would be in the yeah. bubble and then he was injured. So yeah, and then, they, was, and then Davis Bertans didn't go. Bubble. 
yeah, that doesn't help. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good shooter and everything, so he's, yeah. he's got a bit of experience as well. Like, they're starting lineup in this game. Like, Thomas Bryant's like 22 years old, good centre, but their starting lineup was like Troy Brown Jr., he's young as. Jerome Robinson, very young. Isaac Bonger is like 21 years old. Jonathan Williams, I don't even know who you are. Thomas <laughs> Bryant, and then they got like Ish Smith, Jared Uthoff, Maritz. Like, Did but, Rui Hachimura play? No, he, he, him and Jan Mahimi sat it out, but it's like, what? Who are you? Yeah, man. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, it's un- it's it's unfair. It's unfair because Beal and Bertans didn't go. John Wall's still injured. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I do agree with that. So the, only, the only that. reason they were kind of relevant wasn't there, which is about the Beal. Um, yeah, and well, I, th- I think the only reason they they did it is because they wanted they wanted at least nine. So then Orlando couldn't just yeah, it's, like, they to make it somewhat competitive. In the somewhat East. competitive for the Magic because otherwise the Magic would have just. I guess I guess that they need momentum, but like they already have the eight seed locked up. They can't have it locked up anyway because they end up going three and five. But still, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know why the Wizards were there because oh. there, there was well, there was nine teams in the East and thirteen teams in the West. Oh. But every team other than Minnesota and Golden State. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, oh, so poor, poor the, Wizards. I feel bad. <laughs> so the Pelicans as well. I forgot to mention Alvin Gentry got fired, which yeah, it just makes no sense to me. So yeah, nah. so he's he's used. Of Zion's minutes restriction was not great, which is a key reason to why they weren't fun to watch because he was playing his three minutes in the last quarter at the start and not sort of at the end. It wasn't staggered well enough um, to have him in the most important moments of the game. But I don't get why you would fire the coach who has had got them back into playoff contention. So they had that 13-game losing streak. If you're going to fire him, I would have fired him then. Yeah. If you fire him now, what's the point in having him fight for this playoff spot into the bubble? You would have just fired him during that thirteen game losing streak. Well, so then, I don't understand. Like when he's done well, like he's he's switched up the game style so that Brandon Ingram has had his best season of his career. Yep. Through Holiday's been able to take a back seat and still averages good numbers: nineteen point seven boards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Zion did his thing; averaged twenty two and a half when he played. Um, and then, like even Lonzo averaged Lon- five points. Lonzo improved. Throughout the regular season, so it's like, and I just don't, I, I don't think you can fire a coach because, like, like he, he did everything that the, the front office would have asked. Played yeah. only fifteen minutes, like he, he so first game in the bubble, he got fifteen minutes, and they lost by two points against the Jazz. Yep, like that's the game they should have won. If Zion had played full minutes, they would have won that. So if Alvin Gentry's at home now, he'd be thinking, "Well, fuck them! I should have just played Zion full minutes." Yeah. Because yeah. then, it, then it would have meant that they probably would have been in playoff contention, or would have been in the eight. In so they would have already been in playoff contention. The bubble yeah. would have then gone better. So like it just, I don't know. It's same with Brooklyn and sense. firing Kenny Atkinson. So you've yeah. So you've both those teams were looking to next year. So the the Nets have got Kaden Kyrie next year. So this season was just the bridge. You know, make the playoffs. In, in seven or eight seed, whatever, and then next good, year, next year was good, the good year. Experience. Good experience, good for experience for the young guys, for Casabert. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and then the Pelicans was the same. Had Zion. We're gonna, you know, have the full team of young guys next year. Next year was the year with Zion. Blah blah blah. Why you would fire the coach now and not give him at least half of next year to see what he can do? Like it just ma- it makes no sense to me. What they're thinking is they're going. We'd rather get a new coach in. A new set of eyes for like the start of, like you know, he can come in right now and start 
as soon as possible. We'll just do it. Do, do it this like why? I just, I just don't know why you would even start yeah. the season with them if that was sort of you think if you like they would have thought if this doesn't go well we're gonna we're gonna have to get rid of it. just do it at the start of the year and have that new coach yeah. who's gonna be in the long term. I, I, it, yeah, I don't know. It makes no they sense to me why to, you would do that. And, seriously, yeah. yeah. So why you would do that and um and yeah, it just it, it, the whole the timeline of it and it it makes no sense to me. Um, I think also because I'm a believer in a bit of consistency and you know in the franchise. Yeah. Less movement with coaches and stuff. Give them, especially the Pelicans who are young, give them some consistency, the same sort of voice, build those habits as a team, and then see what happens. Yeah. I think it's, it's they had a lot of winnable games here. They played against the Kings and gave up 140 points mm. um, and lost. Yeah. They, they beat up on the Wizards as they should have. Um, and they lost to the Spurs. Like Spurs are for a player spot too. They, they got 122 points dropped down their head. And Zion played full minutes, and they, yeah. but I guess they still lost. So I guess it's probably, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think that I think I reckon they've made the right call. I think okay because okay because they give because because they give a new coach. Um, yep, from the start, a, a full preseason, a full training camp to get the best out of Zion, get a, Zion an offense where Ingram and Zion can can be a one-two punch. Yep. And yeah, so oh, it's a. It's, I am leaning more on the side that they've made the right call. Okay, well, it'll be yeah. good. It'll be yeah. it'll be uh, it'll be good to watch. Time because, will tell. Yeah, yeah they're, time they're, will tell. they're two teams of the future. Um, yep. Now Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren. So another sort of Pat Bev, Dame PG situation. Um, yep. So TJ Warren had a bubble. He had a bubble. So he had 53, 34, 32, 16, 39, and 12 um, through his six games on 57.8% shooting from the field, 52% from the three, and 88.9% from the free throw line. Yeah, he had a very good bubble. That's, that's stupidly good. He um, um, he's, he's only 26 years old, I think, Warren. Yeah. He's, he's in his prime. If he, can, if he can replicate numbers that are similar, not, not as good as that, obviously, but... If he can average 20, 22, 23, 24 for the Pacers next year, mm-hmm. Oladipo gets a preseason, like a full training camp, full preseason, like they're a good side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what have you made of that feud? So obviously they had that the big argument uh, and dust up during the season. They had yeah. this game in the bubble. Jimmy took the took the points. Um, you know, kept kept TJ to. To very minimal offensive output 12, and and the, and the heat one, yeah. Um, but now they've yeah, got a series oh, to play. I know, yeah. It's going to be very good to watch the series um, with them. Those two going at it because obviously, like they play the same position. Um, Jim, Jimmy, he's their main scorer at the moment. Um, TJ Warren, they, they run a lot through him. So Jimmy will just prove Jimmy's a very he's a, Jimmy's a he's an also caliber player every year. So he'll he'll show that he's. A lot better than TJ Warren, I think, this series. Yeah, that was my yeah, T- uh, TJ Warren will be TJ Warren will be sat on his ass. I think <laughs> that was my thinking when it first their first dust up during the regular season. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I Jimmy was right. Like he's like he's not a, he's not in his league. He's just not very, I know. very very true. And yeah. I I hadn't really watched much TJ Warren, and I uh, yeah I took the I took the view of well who who are you really TJ Warren and uh, why are you 
um, going so hard at Jimmy Butler and then he proved in the bubble that Jimmy Butler is right and that TJ Warren is not on his level. But it will be a fun yeah. series to watch because it's just, in, you know, it's two teams that are grit and grind, intensity, yeah. uh, built for the playoffs. So um, yeah. I'm very, very much very, looking forward very to that. Enjoyable. It's a fun first round Eastern Conference matchup. Um, yeah, very true. Now... Last point before we go to our um, predictions for the for the playoffs, um, Houston. So Houston pre bubble, their small ball lineup started really well. They lost four in a row to finish the season, but um, it seemed in the bubble that the system was really coming together. And for everything yep. everything that they were giving up with size and rebounding, it didn't seem to matter. Um, what did you what did you yep. make of their bubble? Yeah, it's um tough one because I don't I they're they're hard to read they're hard to read because because they they are so live and die by the three they can have games where they they last teams and they score one hundred forty and they can have they can have games like in the playoffs last year where, where they missed thirty something threes in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know I. Don't, I I think with with Russ out for the at least the first couple of games, yep. I think OKC have got a chance to take either one or both, mm-hmm. and really put the acid on on Harden to have a, like a big latter end of the series. But yeah, I don't know. It um, I'm not a huge believer in the small ball system. I think you need you need need some big guys. I think, I think so. any, yeah, any basketball watcher has that sort of in the back of their mind that they need a setup. But watching them play, especially those early games against Dallas and Milwaukee, it was in general play, Houston just looked like they were nowhere near it. And that and Milwaukee and, and Dallas were doing exactly what they were meant to and abusing them inside. But for every time that the, those teams would get in front, Houston would bring it back super quick. And then down the stretch they just hit big shots and won the game. And so it almost got to the point where I was thinking it does almost doesn't matter what these teams are doing because Houston just, their defense is scrappy enough and their offense was good enough that they can just hold teams there for their run. And then once yep. it's done, Houston are off to the races. So it yeah. almost doesn't matter how bad it looks to the eye. It was being effective. Um, and then once they'd sort of sewn up their spot in the playoffs, the rest of the bubble didn't matter heaps to them. But I'm slowly becoming a believer. And I think when Russ comes back, he only enhances it because without Clint Capella there, it just means that it's an extra body out of the paint. So Russ can just attack the paint. Russ isn't shooting threes anymore. He's shooting like under three a game, still hitting one, which is valuable. But he's attacking the rim. Yeah. Um, and just being able to either finish at the rim if it's there or pull up for a mid-range jump shot or kick to open three. So he's the guy that if there was a, a stat for hockey assists or almost assists, he'd be averaging so many a game because yeah, the yeah. amount of times he yeah. finds open guys that either miss or then you know, pass it again is ridiculous. So yeah. moving Clint Capello has helped Russell personally, which I think is helping the team in general because – it's just going all in on the spacing and five out thing um, system, yep. and yeah, it's working so far. But it'll be interesting to see if it can work in a, you know, in four rounds if they want to win, want to win a championship. Yeah, yeah, no, very true. I, I think Russ is the glue. Um, 
for him. I think if if, if they get him back, they can they can cause some damage. Um, but I think if 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 they don't get that going. I've actually taken the Thunder in my first round series. You have, you have. Well, that um, that, um, have. that that leads in well for our prediction. So, um, we'll start in the West. Uh, the one v eight. You taking the Lakers? Yeah, sweet. What do you sweet? Okay, I'm taking the Lakers. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say in six. I'm gonna go four two first round. Yeah. Um, the two seven matchup Clippers Dallas. I've got Clippers. I've got Dallas take a game. That'll be. Clippers in five. Yep, Clippers in five. For me? I am going to agree. I'll probably go 4-1. Um, yeah. The 3-6 matchup, Utah. Uh, sorry, Denver v. Utah. Yeah, so I've gone the Jazz in seven here. Big call. Um, so no Mike Conley, no Bogdanovich, um, no Ed Davis as well off the bench. So they're very undermanned. But I just think it's Donovan Mitchell showed it today if um, – if the Nuggets have a couple of games where they're off and Jamal Murray goes for 12 and Jokic goes for 10 and 8 or something, like yeah. they, can, they can put them away. I just, yeah, I'm not a huge believer in the, in the Nuggets yet, so I'm going to go with the Jazz. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy Gobert to have a big series and Donovan Mitchell to average 35 plus in the series, I think. Put the house on it, people. Put the house on it. Um, yep, yep. I, that's, that's, my, that's my smoky. <laughs> I'm, I'm still leaning towards Denver. I'll take him in seven. Um, yeah. Houston in the four five matchup. Houston v Oklahoma City. Uh, I've gone OKC in six. In six. Um, yeah, I watched I watched OKC against the Lakers, and they just they just choke you. They just yep. They're so good. They're so like CB three has got them got them playing so good, and so the is Billy, Billy Donovan still coaching them. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah, Billy Donovan. So I think that CB three works. He's working well. He's um, bought a whole new whole new style. Obviously, Shea is. A young and up and coming star, um, and then like you know, like, you know, like Gallinari is automatic. Um, Stephen Adams does his thing down low. They just uh, Darius Baisley. He's a, a bit of a, a bit of a no name. Had had two or three twenty point games in the bubble, so they're coming together quite nicely. And I am, yeah, I'm taking them in okay. six games over I, the Rockets. I like this. I like this. Um, yeah, so then I'm in just, the in the second round, Lakers v Oklahoma City. I've got the Lakers in six. Like in six, yeah, I'd probably... yeah, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big OKC. I'm a massive CP3 fan, so I yeah. reckon I'll be able to take two games against the Lakers. Yeah, jump on the bandwagon. Everyone else is on there. Um, yeah, I'm yep. taking Houston in the first round in six. So, oh, actually, no, I'm going to say Houston in seven with Russ out yep. for a couple. Um, and then in the, yep. in the second round, I'll take the Lakers uh, in six. Um, yep. and then for you, Utah v Clippers in the second round. Yeah, I've got the Clippers in five. Clippers are five. Um, I'll have, I don't uh, think they're, they're, yeah. I think they're, they're too, too well-rounded um, and Donovan will uh, he'll still have some good numbers, but obviously they're, like, they're, they're two elite defenders that will be, be able to clamp down on him. So I think they'll, they, they, might, they might get one. Um, that's a yeah, potential, sweep. potential um, for a sweep there. Yeah. I'll, so I had Denver in there instead of Utah, so I'll have the Clippers in. Yeah, yeah Denver will win two games. I will have the Clippers in six. Yeah. Um, yep. And then conference finals, the Clippers, uh, Lakers. It's going to be one of the greatest series ever, I reckon. If I'm they do make it, I'm, I've got the Lakers in seven. Yep, I'd agree with that. Game seven, LeBron. Just going to go Actually, ham on them. I'm going like to probably, as much as I want the Lakers to win, I'm going to lean. I think the Clippers will get it in seven. Yeah. Um, but that'll be a great yep. series. Then over to the great East, uh, 1v8, Milwaukee v. Orlando. It's 4 We're not even going to talk about that. 
Uh, don't worry about talking about it. And then Toronto, Brooklyn, 4 1. I'm with you. Let's not talk about that either. Yeah. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Well, look, I've got Karis I've got Levert up 40 in one game and win this for him. That's yeah. what I've got. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Boston v. Philly, 3 v. 6. So obviously, Boston are up 1 0 now. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got Boston 4 1. 4 1, yeah. I think without Ben. With, no Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah. Make it hard. Do Alan Beatles have a good game? You can't leave an all-star point guard and expect to win a series against a good side. So yeah, I think Joel Joel almost got him a win today, but he'll get him one eventually. Yeah, uh, the forty-five is Indiana v Miami. Yeah, can't wait. I've got Miami in seven over in seven. Over the yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just reckon. Yeah, TJ Warren will do. He, he'll he'll do a bit, and I like. I love Nelson Brogdon, and Victor Oladipo is a proven scorer. He'll just. He's just finding his way a bit at the moment, so I reckon they'll be able to take three games. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised. It's either going to be this, a sweep. it'll either be a sweep or it'll be seven. It'll be a great series or it'll be the heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can definitely so, see some of that. Um, I'll probably yeah. have Miami in six. I'll go 4-2. Um, yeah. Milwaukee v. Miami in the second round. For uh, Bucks in six. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Miami, yeah, because, they're a good matchup, Miami, for Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, for purely because uh, because of what they did to Giannis when they played in the bubble. So, mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo um, was on uh, Giannis, and they had a lot of double teams. Jimmy has got got a couple of good defenders, got quick hands, Andre Iguodala as well, Jay Crowder. So, yeah, they're probably, um, so you've got... Good matchup. You've got, yeah, Bam that can take Giannis, and then, you know, the team will help him along with that. And then you've got, you know, an Iguodala or Jimmy Butler that can guard Middleton quite comfortably. Uh, not comfortably, but you can trust them to definitely make life hard for Middleton. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I think 4-2, Milwaukee will get the edge, but Miami win two games. Um, yeah. Boston v. Toronto in the second round. Great series. Great series. Great. Another one as well, I reckon, will be one of the best of uh, this playoffs. I've got Toronto If, if, it, if it happens, but I think it'll happen. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it happens. I'm fairly sure, but yeah, I've got even if it doesn't, Philly and Toronto will be a good series as well. So, yeah. I've, got, I've, got, I've got Toronto in seven over Boston. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll go with yep. that. 4 3 for sure. Uh, and then Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee, Toronto. Another great series. Another one. East is, there's got the top end, top end talent in the East is very impressive. I've got the Bucks in seven over the Raptors. I reckon I'll go Toronto in seven. Yeah. But that'll be a so superb we, series. So, so, we, so we've, we've got completely different finals here. I've got Lakers, Bucks. You've got uh, Clippers, Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so how do you go then? What have you, have you, what have you tipped? Uh, do you think? I'll have the Clippers. I'll have the Clippers for three. Yeah, game seven, you reckon? Yeah, game seven. You? Yeah. Yeah, I've got the Lakers in six. In six. I yeah. just think LeBron, LeBron's proven um, in their earlier matchups before the season was postponed that he can defend Giannis. They went... They went pound for pound for a couple of possessions there in a couple of games, um, and obviously they got AD as well. If, they, if, if that matchup isn't working, so I like the way that the Lakers match up against the Bucks. Um, yeah. But obviously, obviously they're a great team. I reckon they'll get at least two, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven as well. So I like it. It's uh, yeah. there's so many variables in this playoffs. I yeah. feel like almost more well, than usual, which well, is well, fun. just then me and you had me and you had one, two, three, four. Four different results, five, yep. including the finals. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's very up in the air. It'll be it'll be good. It'll be good playoffs to watch this year. Yep. So, 
I think, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure we will discuss. So, uh, you've been good to start, Ned, in your in your podcast debut. So we might even get podcast you back debut. on the and we can discuss some more NBA further yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, mate, I am at home, as everyone is. We've all got nothing on. So oh. we might as well. How many times do you reckon you've said to people, yeah, doing nothing as per usual? It's not even worth asking people anymore. <laughs> or, what, or what have you been up to? Or what do you think? <laughs> Like, there's nothing to do. I'm doing nothing. This makes me actually feel bad. Like, in the, like I, work, I work at the supermarket and I see it. Everyone goes, oh, what have you been up to? What? Oh. Second, like, I'm putting baked beans on the shelf. What do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and play my PlayStation. Like, I'm a loser. <laughs> oh, oh God. I love the it. the I life love on it. it. The life on it. Oh, but I, I almost, I almost, I'm, I'm using it as a cleanse. I'm just like, no. Nah, I don't like that many people anyway, so I'm just keeping my distance. <laughs> oh, next quick, come over. I go, no, no, no. Mum, Dad, strict dad's on the rules. Yeah, and I'm not, no. not about to get. I'm not about to get any coded. So yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm loving how like I go for a walk and um, like people up ahead or like cross the street on the footpath. I'm like, yeah. this is great. So. Save the, save the awkward kind of... Oh, the sorry, awkward, sorry. like, oh, pass yeah. by and if the dog oh, wants to, on, like, on, sniff me. Yeah, dogs want to sniff each other's bums. <laughs> or, no, none of that. None of that. It's no. Just, we're gone. Just nothing. Everyone just, just disperses. You, you feel, like, feel like you're driving a truck. Everyone just gets out of your way. <laughs> just less human contact. It's great. I love it. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, oh, Ned, uh, now, I do know that you do have to go stack some shelves, actually, so today. I do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. thanks for joining us, mate, and we shall discuss no uh, some more NBA soon. Perfect. Very good. Thanks for having me all. And uh, yeah, shout out Big Head Chat. Everyone get on it. I'm gonna be uh, gonna be sharing this one to my story. So all my uh, all my 217 followers will be loving this one. Get, um, get on it. <laughs> get on it, everyone. Get on it. So yeah, all good. Thanks for having me.